Hello everybody, welcome to the LARP Noobs. Uh, warping in with me from a galaxy far, far away is uh, my co-host Dave. Hello! And uh, I'm Ian. And today we're going to talk about uh, Dave's latest adventure, his jet-setting mm-hmm. LARP to uh, a little place in Spain, I think. Yeah, um, international LARP. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Ian, like... Um, I've heard about it forever. They are the stuff of myth and legend. If you're in the the cool kids, go yeah. to international LARPs. <laughs> and as we all know, I'm a cool kid. I'm not. So, <laughs> um, basically, in the bleed episode we did, mm. I spoke to um, that nice man, and he told me about a bunch of different LARPs. And I was kind of curious. I wanted mm. to kind of like see what's out there. Especially from a like a different point of view, where I've been to a certain style of LARP in the UK. Yeah. I want to know what's possible. I want to know what's out there. And yeah. this was kind of my mega treat to myself is to go to a European LARP, yeah. and this one was called Zero. Yeah, and you've got a whole bunch of stuff I think planned out for yourself this year, where you're kind of challenging yourself in different ways. I'm so, so poor. Yeah, I'm so poor. I think mean, that's if one of the big. Would... If you'd like to support the Patreon, uh, there is a link <laughs> because, oh my God, like I need to do an OnlyFans or something like it's, yeah. it's not good. It's All really right. not good. This addiction is crippling right now. But um, tell me about your fancy yeah. LARP in Spain then. So it's run by a company called um, Not Only LARP. Um, they're made up of a whole variety of different nations, um, German, Spanish, like all over the place. Um, I signed up, I, um, interestingly, they have some stuff different from how I've done LARPs. Um, they give you a character. Okay. So they asked you what sort of job you wanted to do. Oh, I should preface this with, um, the idea is that we are on a colony ship. Yeah. And we're going to save humanity by taking humanity and putting them on another different planet. That's sure. that's the setup. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, themes are like capitalism and like all of that survival. You know, uh, I think there's a new TV show that's just come out. I can't remember the name on the top of my head, but that's basically the show, right? Like there's, we're going to go and explore that sort of sure, idea sure. of um, how do we survive and are humans the real monsters? And you know? you're all the crew of this we're the space crew. vessel. Right. So we are the emergency crew. Right. So there is an AI that right. runs the ship. Okay. And in case of an emergency, mm. a crew is woken up and they have to go and deal with the problem. Right. We are crew, emergency crew number 26. There have been 25 crews before our crew are woken up. Okay. So... Not good. On the same ship. So there's... It's, same, it's the same ship. They just, you know, next wave of crew gets woken up. Right. So, so yeah, there are lots of different jobs, right? So there are janitors, there are doctors, there are researchers, there are um, stakeholders who are the rich people. Mm. Um, I decided out of all of them, I wanted to be a logistics expert, which means that I get to drive the ship. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. It just sounded like the, out of all the different roles, I was like, no, that sounds like the most fun. Yeah. Um, I got sent my character. 
um, who was called. Oh, spoilers! By the way, they're gonna. They might potentially run this event again. Um, they don't plan to do that yet, but it will be tweaked probably if they do rerun it. Um, if you don't, if you do want to play that event, um, then we're gonna we're gonna spoil everything. I'm gonna release another episode, which yeah. is an interview with the organizers. We go over some of the themes. It's a lot less spoilery. I'm going to be very spoilery in this, so yeah. just a heads up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, my character is called Parsi. Right. Uh, Parsi is um, a person who kind of like he went through lots of foster care. Eventually, found a, uh, a fairly well-off foster family, mm. but had been traveling around a lot. Had some trust issues, um, and then. I started to develop having seizures as a young man. And these seizures got worse and worse. And despite all the doctors and all the, like my rich foster parents paying for all this medical procedures. Sure. Basically I found out I had this genetic disorder that was going to kill me. Okay. Okay. So I went through, I became an aerospace engineer and then I heard about um, this mission. Yeah. Okay. And I, my thinking was, if I wait, if we go to sleep for 250 years, and then I get woken up when we get there. Technology might have changed. There might be some way to cure you. Exactamundo. Yeah. That is the plan. That is Parsi's plan. Instead, crew number 26. Not what happened at all. Yeah. Um, Turns out, actually, the cryo sleep um, actually had a very bad effect and actually made me feel worse okay. than usual. Um, as part of the pack, so it's like a couple of pages of literally this dense text explaining sure. who I am, what I'm about. Mm. It left what I liked about it was it left enough gaps for me to fill in the nature of who Parsi is. Okay, right. like it wasn't like. Parsi is good or bad it just told you sets of events and then sure it was circumstances and then you can choose to what your personality is based on is under that right yeah yeah, yeah. um so i had a list of four different characters that i had some sort of connection with okay okay? um uh these were uh caramo who um is the ship's counselor and basically the ai had made an appointment wants me to speak to the counselor at my earliest convenience okay, okay. probably be because i'm really sick and gonna die and i should probably speak to a counselor right but the ai sure. is kind of omnipresent over all of this sure, sure. um a doctor called hansen who found me having a fit in a bathroom um i right. managed to chill them out and say hey it's cool that i'm going on this mission we're going to be asleep anyway don't worry about it don't tell anyone and so she had a kind of vibe where she's going to kind of like keep this quiet or not. There's a right. lot of kind of like, who do I trust? Who do I not trust? Sure, right? sure. Um, my, there was another doctor called Arnold. Arnold was the person that passed my medical. Okay. okay. So I had made fake, I forged documents okay. saying <laughs> that I was healthy to get on the ship. Right. Okay. And Arnold, for some reason had stamped off that yeah. I was good to go. It's like the doctor from uh, Gattaca, right? Who, like, lets you finally walk through on the final check. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He just kind of stamped the thing and let me through. So I'm like, can I trust Arnold, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, And then finally, my homeboy, Sato, who was a person I went to, um, like, flight school with. Right. And he's like, 
Um, we're friends. The, the wording on how it's worded is really nice. It's like, uh, you, uh, you like this guy and you feel like it will develop into a really strong friendship in the future. Right. And I was like, okay, cool. So... I got to Madrid um, a couple of days early, but before that, I found um, the guy that played Sato on um, Facebook or Discord, wherever it was, Facebook. Uh, and I messaged him. I was like, hey, I'm Parsi. Yeah. We're homeboys. Would you like to go for lunch the day before the event just That's so we cool. can like meet? FaceTime, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Turned out Sato is fucking awesome. Yeah. Love this guy, okay? Yeah. As soon as he came in, we sat down, had lunch together, and like just got in like a fucking house on fire. Mm-hmm. It was like the easiest thing in the world to be like, this guy's my homeboy, right? Yeah. Like, we just got in like a house on fire. I think in general, there's there's definitely something to be said uh, for meeting people OC mm-hmm. uh, that you're going to be LARPing with and just creating some bonds that way, like actually gauging each other as people. It was great. Like, yeah. um... And we had a brief like chat about um, what our characters know about each other. Mm. So he explained a little bit about what his character's up to, and he asked me about mine. I was just like, I never talk about my family, like yeah. my uh, my childhood. I never talk about that. Yeah. Um, I was a little unwell yeah. at some points, but I fobbed it off as being I just didn't get enough sleep and stuff. But Sato's a homeboy, so therefore he's like, okay, he's like, getting a vibe, right? He, he, yeah, he's getting a vibe, but he's not gonna push me on it anyway. Like easiest thing in the world to get on well with this guy like uh, and over the course of the weekend we'd have gotten great Um, we had a everyone met at a bar on the Friday night and it was kind of fun what do you do oh I'm doing this role I'm doing this role and everyone's sitting around the table and we're all equal sat around the table on Friday night before the event okay everyone's just having a chat and having a nice time um because I'm assuming from some of the roles you've described that yeah. there are some quite subordinate roles and some kind of commanding roles. Yeah, so this is this is where another layer of mechanics goes over the top of it. We have our jobs, mm. but we also have our social number. Okay, right. like the you know the the kind of like, like, like Orwellian cloud. nightmare right, okay, of yeah. like you are a one, you don't get medical treatment, your food shit, you oh, right. um, don't have very long in showers. You probably have bad sleeping quarters compared to your fives who get the best treatment possible, good food, uh, all of that stuff, right? And they are not related to your job. Interesting. Is that like uh, kind of like social media acceptance things? Like kind of... Kind of. Like Sesame Points? There were loads of different characters with loads of... uh, Let me give some examples. Uh, There was a a five janitor Mm. who had... um, So there was this thing where earth was poisoned and we were going to have to uh that's why we had to leave sure it i i think i think um that the that she was one of the people responsible for poisoning the the planet okay so so left with the ship and took any job she could get right which was a janitor but despite having the five um all of the stakeholders i think were fives um the stakeholders could change people's social numbers interesting yes exactly yeah 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 so um uh, there was a in logistics there was a war hero who had uh worked his way up from one to five and was right. like a veteran who had uh, like a he had like a poster boy for um uh, propaganda between the war between like america and china he was like this war hero type thing okay. he was a five yeah um what else do you have? Like, uh, you had a doctor that was a two. Um, I think because they were a woman. 
Um, all this stuff, right? Like many different characters, many mm. different social numbers. And it is truly terrifying how quickly you slap a number on someone and then people start, their behavior changes completely because you have a different number. So what was your number then, Parsi? I was a free. Okay. So, nice middle of the road. Yeah, kind of, respectable, yeah. right? Like, yeah. um, I wanted to, like, Parsi, it kind of implied that Parsi wanted to become, like, uh, indispensable to the crew mm. in case he doesn't get shunked out of an airlock, for example. Sure. And he wants to get the best medical treatment, so moving up on that social scale, probably quite a good idea. Um, we had, um, unlike... Okay, so a lot of the UK LARPs we've been to, like iLARP does this and it does it really well, where they have a big safety briefing and we go through everything, mm. like what's expected of you, all that stuff. Um, these guys did like a lot more in-depth. So not only did we have that, we talked about safety, we talked about um, uh, a traffic light system, um, hand signals to say whether you're happy in the scene, whether you want to go harder or softer or, or disconnect completely. Sure. Lots of safety stuff, which I thought was very, very good. Very, very interesting just to see how it played out. Also, we had, like, speed dating. So I had already spoken to pretty much all of my different people, apart from one, I think, before. Um, but basically, you get there's a big sheet. It tells you what number to go and sit at. And you literally go and sit at the number and meet a character who's okay. one of your people. So I didn't need to go for lunch with Sato, although... It was delightful yeah. because they give you this time just to sit down and get to know each other a bit. Okay, better. that's cool. Um, a lot of, they call it calibrating, where basically you can talk about what you expect, what you're not comfortable with, um, how hard you want to go. Um, people are pretty fucking hardcore um, at these sort of events, so most of it was you know like that. But they also stood. Everyone stood up. And it was like, okay, come to this side of the room if you want intense role play or less intense role play, okay? And then everyone moves over and you have a good look at who isn't and who is. So right. everyone has a good vibe of who's up for it and who isn't. Um, there was some physical stuff. Uh, it's due to the intensity. But really interesting, romance. Okay. Okay. Who is up for a romantic storyline? 95% of the people said yes. Okay, I didn't because I, I, you know, I'm British and therefore a massive prude. But I was also like, Parsi's got enough going on right yeah. now without having to fuck with that. Um, but I thought it was like culturally, um, like the UK is, and for good reason. I don't have to describe this fully. We're almost Victorian in our attitude towards sex at LARP. Okay, mm. people can be very, very prudish in the UK. Um, this seemed a lot more open and just it was like yeah it's not a big deal like we'll put these safety measures in place and everyone gets these stuff i think this might have to do with the types of larp like i don't think these w rules would work that well for say for example a fest larp where you have mm. three thousand people and there's a lot of like but in a group of 50 or less it just made way more sense yeah how many players was it actually at the event? 50 um 50 players a bunch of crew i don't know how many off the top of my head um, and the uh, the crew played like NPC characters. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, I just found that really interesting culturally. I go into more of that when I speak to the orgs in the other episodes, so feel free to listen to that. I found it really interesting. I'm still kind of scratching my head thinking about uh, how I feel about UK LARP, um, safety aspects, how things are run, how how 
the different cultures come into that. And bear in mind, this is an international lot. So there were British people there, Germans, Italians, French, Spanish, um, sure. all sorts of different people. And it felt very safe, very inclusive, um, but also um, a lot more free to express harder narrative storyline points. Mm. Like they were a lot more open to go into all sorts of very complicated issues and express them and explore them. Um, I'm still processing that. I'm actually going to a LARP in a couple of months. That is yeah. way more hardcore than this in Prague. Um, I don't even know whether I'm going to cover that in an episode. Um, you'll find out whether I do or not, because <laughs> honestly, um, it's extremely adult, I would say. Um, anyway, let's get back to it. So, loads of cool safety stuff. Everyone's getting ready. Um, I had had COVID literally just before I, I left to go to the LARP. So I had mm. COVID for like a week, just over a week. And then the day before I flew, I got like a negative test and then was like tested again the next day before my flight and mm. I was negative. So I was like, sweet. But I was pretty fucked still, right? Like I was very, very tired. tired, right? Yeah. Tired, cough, um, just kind of like my body was just in a horrible place. Um so throughout this weekend, my energy levels are all over the fucking place, okay? Mm. So we played from Saturday, we got into the... Oh, I didn't remember to mention the fucking hostel. So they had booked this entire hostel, and it was like a fucking spaceship. White walls, um, very space age, had a super funky lift in the middle. We had sleeping pods. Um, yeah, uh, like... Uh, like you have, like, screens in your pods and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I thought um, there were some ventilation issues with the venue, so there's a bit of a musky smell in some places, and at night, I don't think, like, I, I got really sweaty, and yeah. I don't, there, there were issues with the place. Aesthetically, it looked fucking amazing. Like, right. it was really fucking cool. Um, when we came into the place, um, it was fucking chaos, okay? Like, there was... Um, Something had happened, so there was a delay in getting us in there. I think, like, something to do with the setup. I couldn't, like, some of the rooms weren't, some of the pods weren't clean. Um, so I didn't get a pod until just before time in. Um, this kind of stressed mm. me out a little bit because I want to know, like, where my space to go and chill out in, and I don't have to worry about that. Sure. That kind of stressed me out a little bit. Uh, but generally, the orgs were really helpful, very positive, trying to help us out, trying to get stuff done. But I would describe it as absolute anarchy and chaos when we first got there. Sure. Uh, then we went into this process of doing the workshops. And then time in was around, I want to say around half five, six-ish, around that time. Mm. We're all told to go to our pods. Right. And we are waking from this thing. Oh, sure. also I had a dream um, which was a voice telling me that they want the, me to kill my father. Obviously, I'm an orphan, which is a very odd thing for me to to have said right. to me in this dream. So I wake up kind of scared. Come down, so alarm goes off. Right. It's like, beep, 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 beep. You know, something's gone wrong. Need to wake everyone up. Everyone starts getting out their pods. What's going on? I'm like, Oh man, I bumped into Sato, and I was like, "Hey, you know, we need to get the we need to get to the the, the ship and find out what's going on." Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we head downstairs. Um, Is he a logistics? Yeah, he's a logistics well. homie. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's part of the crew. Um, he he was a piloty guy. He was a taxi driver. 
who had a car crash in a in a flying taxi and was in a coma for two years, right. and now he's on the ship. It's really yeah. So it really is like uh, every twenty six. Every <laughs> single character, yeah. Oh yeah, like definitely. You go through twenty five better crews, and then you get to crew twenty six. Like right. there were so many people on there that were just like. This person has no business being in charge of the last ship that has humanity on it. So we all, uh, everyone's confused. We try and get the ship's controls up and running. We are locked out of all navigation and propulsion systems, okay? Mm. We have no idea, no scanners, no idea where we are in space, what's going on. Um, and then we, um, they're using Discord as a tool to spread information to the players. Okay. Uh, there's a website which is like the ship's internal computer, okay. which we can check. So everyone starts looking through that. Holy shit. So there was like uh, a security camera section that had some cameras were out, you know what I mean? Some of them were looking at hydroponics bays, some of them were looking at empty corridors. Um, but they're like live feeds yeah. off the place. That's yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. I don't think they were off the place, but it gave the impression that there was a bigger ship, you right, know, and right, it was right, just right. cool. But um, there was the captain's log, there was a science log, um, there was uh, like uh, just uh, a, a data on the ship how many people are alive on the ship, how many embryos, how many um, there are there are animals. How many of the animals are still alive? How many, like... And he goes to this giant thing. Anyway, turns out, loads of people are dead. Um, right. Shit loads of people are dead. And crews all before us are all dead. So right. we're crew number 26. Um, what happened to the bodies? Well, this is the thing. So we wake up and we find Motivation Bot, who is a, a wonderful young lady called... Uh, her OC name is Lou. And she's like... Hello, like really positive. Like, how's it going? I'm just helping tidy up the ship. Oh, I another important thing. There are these squid and goop all over the place. Little plastic squid everywhere on different okay. surfaces. And I'm like, let's not touch any of that. That looks very spacey and bad. And bear in mind, lots of people, there's no one here. So potentially people have died. Sure. Probably not best to touch that. So janitors get to work cleaning this stuff up. Motivation bot is wandering around motivation bot has her is like an ai who for some reason can't remember anything okay okay um <laughs> and but like there's this kind of cool thing about the robots where there's another robot there as well where they have these safety mechanisms inside them right and the idea that if they didn't have safety mechanisms they could literally kill the entire ship right um oh importantly there are also like 3,000 marines in stasis. So okay. those marines, if the fives get into trouble, they can hit a button and the marines will wake up and just murder fuck everyone that's in their way, okay? Okay. So the game isn't about overthrowing this one to five system, okay? okay. It's not a revolutionary game. It's about okay. hard decisions and all that stuff, which I found interesting. Um, I think the problem is natural conclusion to a lot of this is... If I gave you a number and gave someone else a different number, you'd be pretty fucking pissed off about it, right? Yeah. Like, but there's some modern sensibilities. Anyway, um, so yeah, there's this motivation bot, and she's just wandering around, um, tidying things up, you know. So yeah. it's this like, uh, this idea that all the crew have died, and she's spent like however many years throwing dead bodies out of airlocks. Do you know what I mean? And just 
Yeah, do you get a sense of how long this is going to be going on for us? So, well? through all these data things, right. we start to get an impression at least 200 years since okay. we've gone off course or whatever. Um, off course? Yes. Um, something went wrong or there was sabotage to do with the navigation system, so we're off course and have been locked out of it. Um, the AI had deleted certain sections of logs, so we did. there were gaps um there was this whole feeling that the ai could potentially be like behind all of it right and killing people yeah um the squid was developed genetically as food to keep people alive because they didn't have enough food on the ship because they ate it all because they've been awake for so fucking long right some crews were awake for like short periods of time but they ended up fucking murdering each other um, other crews were awake for like 70 years right. and then died off. Um, there was talk of viruses, like this rage virus that went around. Um, <laughs> fucking so much. Uh, one thing I would say is they gave us all the information immediately. You had access to the whole thing. I think right. it would have probably been better to have that um, either sectioned off among the different because sure. I as a logistics person had access to everything right and I think it would have been probably better if only certain job types sure. had access to certain bits and that they gave the information in a slower way you know right or you had to break codes or like exactly. get data chips or, or whatever the yeah, fuck, yeah whatever the AI suddenly remembers something yeah. and then gives us the thing uh, just a just a but but bravo really fucking cool the the law is deep the only thing was it kind of encouraged people just to kind of be like i'm just gonna sit there on my ipad for an hour and read through everything to right. get like information sure. on what the fuck's going on um the fives quickly let themselves know okay that, that who they were and they were like um there was one guy who was like a playboy um, who was kind of like a bit goofy but fun but he right. was a five and therefore had lots of power um, the absolute standout star was this woman who played she a lovely Scottish lady she was such a bitch she was nightmare incarnate you know right. like like uh, like lawful evil is how right. I describe her right like just kind of like cruel um, domineering um, fucking uh, just rude to anyone that was a lower number, self-important, like, just, like, she did this really good thing where she went, like, oh, like, we don't want negative attitudes on here, we just want positive attitudes. Uh, one guy was talking about, like, revolution quite openly, about how sure. he doesn't trust that these people should be um, in charge or whatever, you know, just because yeah, they're yeah, fives. Yeah. He got demoted in a meeting at the end of that on the Saturday. Like, no, you've been found to be uh, like very negative and we don't want to encourage that. So you've been demoted to a one. And it was just like, oh my God, it was like fucking... <laughs> That's really dark. It was fucking dark, dude. Like really well done, though. Like really well done. Um, there were excellent players, the fives. And bear in mind, like you're kind of isolated. So it's quite hard for those players to, to, to be those characters. But I think they did an amazing job. Really, really good. Um... The doctor that found me in the toilets, right, when I was having my fit back on Earth, yeah, Hanson, yeah, I was like, "Hey, Hanson, could I, uh, could I talk to you?" Because I was like, "I'm probably quite sick." And I was just like, "Hey, um, 
Do you have like a, a shot you could give me? Just give me a good like 24 hours or whatever. So I need, just give me a shot of something. She's like, are you feeling unwell? I'm like, oh, no, 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 I'm fine. I just need this thing. She was like, kind of like, kind of a bit sus and a bit kind of, but she was acting like my friend. Right. So she was like, why don't you go and, um, why don't you come with me and we can go and get a scan? And I was just like, because everyone had to go and get a medical scan. And oh, I'm gosh. obviously like, I don't, don't want to do that. I don't want to get a fucking medical scan. Anyway, I'm like, no, I don't think that's a fucking good idea that I go and get a scan, okay? And she's like, no, I think it'll be like in the best. And I'm just like, no. And then another doctor over here's and it's like, oh, what's going on? And she's like, oh, he's just going to go for a scan. And I'm like, fuck. So... I kind of have to like go for this scan. Go for this fucking scan, okay? But I like take Hanson in there with me, and like she does a scan with me. I'm like, Doc, you gotta fucking keep this quiet, okay? Like you can do the scan, but like other people can't hear about this, right? Like <laughs> I'm gonna get thrown out of a fucking airlock if they find out, okay? Like if there's anything wrong with me. All right, does the scan, gets results back, and I leave, and then I'm like, fuck, am I fucked? Yeah, am I fucked at this stage, right? And I didn't know that. Um. The ship's counsellor yeah. comes and finds me and goes, oh, you're Parsi. Um, we should talk. Like, you're top on my list of people I need to talk to. And I'm oh, like, gosh. I was like, oh, I don't know why that would be. You know, like, how odd. I wonder why. So is it also, because obviously the, the AI knows, the AI knows the truth. The AI, it's hard to say. The AI is this... All present MacGuffin force that right. does the AI know? Does the AI not know? Probably the AI knows. Like yes. you know as much information as I know. Yeah. By the way, at this stage, so right. I think the AI knows. Sure, but does the AI? What does the AI mean by that? Yeah. Why does it want me to speak to the ship counselor? Anyway, sure. Um, I bog off the ship's counselor for a while. Okay, right. I play hard to get. I'm like, oh, I got shit to do, and I'm trying to blah, blah, blah. and I'm like, hey, okay, like, I could probably talk to you now. So we go up to my pod, and uh, he sits outside, and he's standing outside and asking me questions, and he's like asking me these questions, and I'm like, okay, cool, and I go through. He asks me those questions, but oh, how are you? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm, I'm doing doing great, you know. Oh, apart from obviously being on the ship and being woken up and all these dead people, you know. But I think I'm doing okay. <laughs> this guy did such a good job in asking like um what do you do for work and i was like oh, i wasn't doing much before this and like, oh but you went to university and i'm like yeah and it's basically because i was sick right i yeah. couldn't do anything so i had to kind of like play around that and they said oh i was like uh asking him about my girlfriend and my girlfriend was a, a neuroscientist who kind of was probably dating me because she found me interesting, right. but then couldn't hack the fact I was probably quite ill. Right. So then before left me, and so I kind of spoke about her, and I was like saying like, oh, well, you know, like uh, I had a girlfriend once, but I don't know whether she was with me for the right reasons. I was being very vague about everything, sure. right? right? And then I'm giving this guy like uh, the ring around, trying not to be specific or anything, but give him enough where I'm not rude, but like I'm sure. kind of cagey. And eventually he went like, yeah. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Well, thanks a lot, Doc. I feel so much better having talked about that. And he says, yeah, I might need to talk to you again. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know what else we'd have to talk about and stuff, but really good RP. Yeah. In fact, one of my favorite bits in the whole thing is interacting with this counselor. Um, uh, then, oh, Sato his family were on the fucking like his sister was on the ship right um as part of the emergency crew before us right and i'm like fuck man i'm so sorry and he's really upset but then we check through the manifests and it says that she's dead 
but she wasn't listed as part of the crew for her crew that she was on. So right. there was like question marks of whether she was dead or not. And it was really weird. Also, her fiance was on board as well. So Sato's brother-in-law. Right. Um, eventually, um, uh, Motivation Bot came up and gave them a letter from this person. And the letter was like a list of things that they would like them to do. Like have fun, yeah. get drunk, gamble, have fun. But even that had like weird question marks to it. Like... Why, why isn't she on the manifest? Is she actually dead? What the fuck happened? You know, like, mm-hmm. very strange. Very strange. Um, anyway, can't get into the ship. Right towards the end of the sh- the, the day, um, we have, we gain access to our location. And it turns out that we're like 200 fucking miles off course or whatever. Uh, we're in the arse end of nowhere, on the edge of nebula. Right. Very, very bad. Okay? okay. We all go to bed. Um... I I have a weird thing where I'm playing someone who's sick. Right. I am also just recovering from being sick. Sure. And my mind fucks itself so hard. Like, so for most of the weekend, I was, like, really low energy, really negative headspace. I kept going to have to hide in my pod for an hour, right? Like, just to be like, sure. oh, my God, this is too much. Like, it was a very intense environment because you were stuck in the, the, the building type thing. All right, next day... I get up. Um, oh, the day before, I told Sato. Right. So I said to Sato, "Hey, we're friends, right?" And he yeah. was like, "Yeah, man." We're like, "Yeah." And I was just like, "And I can trust you, right?" Like, if anything, he was like, "Yeah, yeah." To the end, man. I was just like, "Hey, remember when I was sick?" And he was like, "Yeah." I was just like, "It's pretty fucking serious." And he goes yeah. like, "What?" And I was just like, "I'm dying." Okay. Oh man. So we had like a proper homey like little chat. And then basically I said to him, like, listen, if, if we're operating the ship, you can't let me operate the ship on my own. Like, you have to be there and help out if, in case anything happens to me, you need to take over, okay? But I actually knew the, they used the system, which was, we knew it as Artemis. Do you remember that yeah, system? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The computer game where you all take one role on board the ship. Yeah. Um, so there's like engineering and weapons and a bunch of other stuff. Sure. I'm a bit of a nerd and knew those quite well. So uh, we did a bunch of training on simulations while we were there. Um, and basically, I was, uh, after a while, I was just like, hey, I think Parsi as a character is like more interested in helping other people get good at these jobs. Right. If he is going to die, then he should help other people sure. become the best fucking crew they can be. So I was like helping people, trying to like, you know, encourage people and stuff like that. That's kind of what I was doing. Um, so the next day... More squid everywhere. Turns out these squid breed like fucking crazy. Um, they're everywhere there to get tidied up again. Uh, there's talk of potentially doing some maneuvering of the ship, all this stuff. But that's when the net starts to close in on me. So the counselor wants to talk to me again. Okay. okay. Sato knows that I need to fucking keep away from the doctors at all costs. Okay. The logistics crew are being homies anyway because we're all part of the same crew um um how many of you are there in the logistics section like less than 10 okay like less than 10 right um, and, and, and all of you are in command of piloting the ship or is it oh, are you no, talking different so roles interestingly we had to elect a captain right okay and the the part of this was to run um 
drills effectively and put people different people in charge mm. um obviously a big part of the game as as a computer game yeah. is communication and yeah. all of that stuff so yeah. at first it was quite difficult for us but we all got better after a while um the fives were very much like the stakeholders were like hey we want someone who's a high number to be in charge of this Amazing. and the war hero who's a five is like an obvious fucking slam dunk right yeah. like he's 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 a fucking war veteran he knows it yeah i mean like he's a five he's sure. like uh, it was just like why fucking bother this guy's like of course it's him right yeah, and yeah, he's yeah. like uh but we did a, a simulation and then he collapsed he had PTSD from his time in the military and therefore couldn't wow, like, okay. do the job because of the thing. So that was like fucking crazy. Um, the Fives made us run drills with different people in charge over and over again uh, to see who would be best to be in charge. And we ended up going for someone called O'Neill. And O'Neill fucking, they rocked. Like yeah. they were fucking cool. So everyone was like, yeah, fair play. And yeah. that's cool. Like, yeah, we, we like this person. Um, but that's the kind of logistics stuff, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so then this doctor called Perez, okay, he's like tall, blonde German guy. He's very serious, and he's like, "Oh, uh, you know, you you need to come for a te- uh, a scan." And I was just like, "Doc, I went for a scan yesterday. Like, I'm busy. I've got shit to do." And he was just like, "No, no, no, no. You 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 come with me, and we get this scan done." And Oh my god, the amount of fucking roadblocks I threw up in front of this guy. Like, yeah. the counselor came up to me and was like, hey, and he's talked to you, and like, hey, yeah, I'll come and talk to you, like, as soon as I can, counselor, you know, yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. and it's like, I can't do this right now, I'm going to do it logistics, so I'm talking to the logistics, then they tried to drag me off, and then, um, the logistics, then the logistics guys were like, no, he's with us, and then, That's oh, cool. they had also, um, got this group of players there were like two or three of them called the first responders and these were basically heavies okay Okay. they were basically oh anything happens on the ship like these people have your safety as their best interest no they were literally the armed thug response team for the fives okay Okay. this was their job and this one of them starts following me around like a fucking shadow okay right like He's like, wants to make sure I don't go anywhere, that I'm staying busy. And as soon as I'm not busy, he's going to drag me off. Anyway, eventually, like, we're, there's a gap and they try and drag me to the fucking doctors and I see the counsellor. I'm like, oh, counsellor, how about that fucking meeting, yeah. right? And he's like, sure. I'm like, oh, yeah. And he's just, they're like, no, you need to do a blood test. And I'm like, I, I, I'm so sorry. I promised him he would be the next person I spoke to. I'm so sorry. I, like, I, bear in mind, I did have the scan yesterday. I don't know why you're so... Insistent. Insistent on yeah, this, yeah, right? Yeah. So then I go and talk to him and I decided to confide in him what the truth was. Right. But it's just big risk. A huge risk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I like the counsellor yeah. and he seemed like a good guy and he was really fucking chill about it. He was just like, hey, you know, like, we talked about mortality and and like what we want to do with our lives and the sort of people we are. And I said like this, I'm sorry if I was dishonest to you, but you have to understand like, look at this place it's like lord of the flies you know like people are this is this is what's left of humanity and we're barely human right now yeah we treat each other anyway he did a really good job so then i go back to logistics uh like i sneaky my way back and then this perez guy this doctor is like 
you need to come back here. And he's like pointing at me and his fist is shaking. He's so angry and he's trying to get me back. I'm just like, why are you acting so irrationally, right? Like, why are you so aggressive? Like, have you got something in? Have you got it in for me? Like, I'm not going with this doctor. Like, whatever happens, I will not get my blood tested by this guy. Like, uh, because I did my scan and then they wanted to do a blood test. Oh, that was another thing. They managed to get me in the scanner and they obviously gave some fucking wacky results, right? Right. But they wanted to do a blood test, and no one else was getting blood tests in. Just me was getting a blood test. So I was right. like, fuck, I'm not having my fucking blood taken, okay? So <laughs> so I end up leaving, and then they're trying to get me, and then I and then logistics team are all like, yeah, why is this doctor trying to pick on uh, Parsi? Like, he's clearly fucking nuts, right? He's really yeah. aggressive. Get this guy away from him. The fucking goon squad tries to show up and get me to go, and I'm all kicking off. Eventually, I speak to the fucking counsellor. And I'm saying to him, like, hey, I'm happy to have a blood test. But, like, not with that doctor. Like, I want it to be a doctor that I know. Anyway, Arnold, the doctor that gave me my green light to get on the ship. Right. I said to him, like, listen, man, like, they want to give me a a blood test. Like, you need to help me here, okay? Because, like, we're both in trouble right now. And he's like, (laughs) okay. So... Eventually, I go with him to go. I'm like, okay, I'll have a blood test, but like not with that doctor. And he's like, and then Arnold's like, I'll I'll do it. So Arnold went, and then another doctor just smelt like a rat, yeah. and like went with us to do the blood test. Oh my god! And watched us like a hawk because I was hoping that Arnold would be able to do a little switcheroo and get like blood from his arm or somewhere else. But this doctor was like on it and just watching the entire process. I leave and I'm like, okay, it's in Arnold's hands now, right? Like, all he needs to do is switch the fucking vials out and yeah. I'm fucking gravy, okay? Later on, Arnold comes up to me and is just like, I'm like, I'm like, we good? And he says, yeah, I couldn't get the fucking, I couldn't get it. And like, Henson did the blood test. And I'm like, what? Henson? Why would Henson do it? And I was like, and then... Sato said to me, like, I was like, send him out. Oh, don't worry, I've got like two friends who are doctors, Arnold and Henson, okay? Right. And then he's like, no, that's the doctor that told Perez to give you a blood test. And I'm like, what? So Henson had turned on me and right. set Perez to go and get the blood from me. So she was behind the whole thing. Right. Wow. Son of that's a wacky. Bitch. Son of a bitch. So then, um, this is getting towards the end of the event, okay? Like, we've done some maneuvering around with the ship. We've had to jettison whole sections of the ship at certain points because we don't have enough power. We still don't know what's going on. Uh, I'm exhausted. I'm stressed out. And we get to the end of, towards the end of it. And then they're talking about how we have, like, ten minutes to go before we have to jettison most of the people, most of the animals, or most of the hydroponics, okay? And this has to be this big decision made right. just before the end. And I just start giving Henson a load of shit. Like, I'm like, fucking, you've broken your Hippocratic Oath. Like, you said, like, by deliberate action or whatever, you're not allowed to bring harm to everyone. I was yeah. like, what the fuck do you think they're going to do to me? Like, yeah. your actions are going to cause me harm. And she was like, well, I couldn't have you, uh, like, piloting the ship and i was like have you ever seen me pilot the ship by myself right i I took precautions to make sure that i would never be in a position where i would jeopardize this crew 
and you fucked me and you didn't even bother asking me to make sure that I, that I was okay gave her so much shit last words I said to her was enjoy the last 10 minutes you have alive you know type thing just really yanking the fucking dagger just... <laughs> like, bear in mind Henson's completely right yeah Perez is 100% right okay like I should not be piloting a giant ship that has the last of humanity on it by myself because <laughs> I'm going to have a fit um, really really good there are so many other characters and interactions I haven't spoken about here. Okay, mm. I'm not going to. There were like, but the there were so many, and it's quite funny. It's one of those situations where I enjoyed it more after it ended. And I know that sounds really weird, but at the time I was tired, I was stressed out. I think role playing an ill character, uh, like. I've had a lot of health problems in the last couple of years, plus just yeah, getting over COVID. Actually, you've had a lot of... Yeah, it kind of fucked me a little bit. So um, I think psychologically, that's not something I want to role play with in the future, but I found it, it was fucking interesting. As soon as Time Out happened, by the way, yeah. boop, yeah. I felt great. Yeah. Um, actually, it wasn't straight afterwards because, and this is one thing that I really enjoyed about this, um, we had a workshop session at the end, which right. was optional. Yeah. Uh, but Lou ran a kind of a workshop where, in fact, I have it somewhere nearby. Um, we had to write, uh, like, well, didn't have to, but ask, write a letter to your mm. character, right? Oh, cool. So I obviously I'm dyslexic, so I didn't write. I did a, a, a mind map, which I'm showing Ian now. Yeah. But it's got Parsi written in the middle of it. And it's basically got words that I experienced mm. and feel like the system of one to five is how powerless I felt and control um, the motivation bot, the human virus. Uh, Sato, I have written unto him, is trust and family. Okay, like yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm scared, hunted, searching for peace, you know, like trusting Hansen and how that got broken. Am I selfish? All these emotions. And then we went through a, a few different uh, workshops and questions. And I just let go of my character, Parsi. Mm. I realized, like, I'm not Parsi. Uh, the emotions I felt then are, 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 were mine, but, like, they're, they're not actually connected to me. I found it a really, really good thing. And it helped me um, fully come back to... And then we went out and got absolutely shit face in the bar. <laughs> Everyone together. That's we great. did a ludicrous amount of shots. Um, if you listen to the other episode, my voice sounds like a cement mixer because <laughs> of like post-COVID <laughs> and a big night out. I sound absolutely terrible. So enjoy listening to that. But um, a really interesting event, right? Like yeah. um, uh, it's a bit more pricey than UK ones. I think UK LARPs are probably underpriced, um, but uh, I felt like, oh, they fed us um, a lot more, like obviously having the websites, having the crew, having uniforms. We had uniforms. Oh, yeah. What was badges. that actually like in terms of, did you have like jumpsuits essentially? So some people had jumpsuits. Uh, we were told to bring black shoes and black trousers and my, in logistics, anyway, my character had a, uh, a like a, a tunic vest thing. Okay. Um, we got to keep the uh, the patch, oh, cool. um, which was nice. The other things was kind of rented. That's nice. Um, yeah, it's really cool. I'm gonna keep that forever, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Like it's a cool thing. Um, yeah, my first experience of an international LARP, Ian. Um, like it's, yeah, it it sounds great. It sounds awesome. I mean, it's just like it. 
a very different style to the kind of things we've done for so, sure. So to different. be given like a character as well, specifically, and like a role to fill. Um, it yeah. felt like the analogy I used was like speaking a different language or um, a different style of dance, yeah. right? Like it was that alien from me because <laughs> usually we just make our own characters yeah. and like embody those characters and then, then play off the situation. I really like the freedom in doing that. Very different. Um, I think I prefer making my own character. Sure. But I don't know whether that's because Parsi had his health problems and everything else along went, went with it. Um, I don't know. I really enjoyed the experience. Mm. Well, maybe so, they kind of exercise different muscles as well, in a way. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's like a, there's a a natural discomfort with being, I guess, a key forced into the lock of a character that you didn't design. Yeah. As opposed to designing a character around concepts to fit in the, uh, the mechanism that you're trying to unhinge. Yeah, right? interesting. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I think the... Because they wanted to tell a narrative. Yeah. Also, when you're given a character, you're given relationships, which is actually really mm. good for an international LARP because a lot of people there are going and playing with people they don't know. Mm. So you're encouraged to basically touch base with a few different characters. So all of the stuff um, around the LARP sounds really interesting, like yeah. the setup, the, the, the sort of the um, the workshop afterwards and the stuff before. I think yep. it's a really interesting concept to have in. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it adds a lot of time. When essentially you're not doing the thing, exactly. but you are like prepping and decompressing from the thing. It's but, interesting. Yeah, you know, I'm so glad. So that's exactly how I feel about it. Yeah. I found it really interesting. Um, I thought the attitudes were very different. Like I've heard of some LARPs in Europe that are extremely hardcore, mm. and some of the organisers uh, were involved in those. Um, it's interesting. It's society stuff is always interesting, right? Mm. Like, how do we interact with um, tough themes, adult themes, complicated themes, offensive themes, um, and how do we do that in a responsible way? Like, we're adults, yeah. Okay, like, um, th- there should be ways that we can explore certain things, but then you have to do them in the right way. Right, I, I like... think there's definitely as well uh, an economy of scales with the size of player base that you have at a LARP. 100%. I think when you start getting into certain numbers, some of these ideas and concepts become uh, numerically untenable. Yep, uh, and I think that's a, a reality. Um, but I, I think when you're talking, I mean, wh- looking at some other LARPs you've done, which are sort of smaller player count numbers, I think you are able to. Uh, and I think you've said it before in, in, in other episodes, there isn't that sort of like anonymity that you can have it, uh, that will like make you expunge you from responsibility of your actions where you can just drift away into the many thousands of people who are going if there's yeah. only 20, 30, 50 people there. Uh, and, and therefore you have to sort of deal with the the group camaraderie of what it is to be in a LARP in an intensive environment with Definitely. a small player base. And I also think that goes both ways. I would feel like, say, Empire, it's because it's the first art we go to. Yeah. Many, many different people. If I was playing a real asshole, mm. right, I might have a bad interaction with a player mm. and then they walk away and don't know that I'm playing a character. Yeah. Right? 
Whereas at a small LARP, like uh, when I played a bad guy at Flying Lead, everyone's da- like, oh, it's Hennessy. Mm. He's playing a bad guy. Dave, the person, isn't a fucking bastard. Well, yeah. I might be. Nice. <laughs> um, How did the um, like the 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 traffic light rules and the, and the hand gestures and stuff, did they manifest during <laughs> play? And what was your interaction with them like if they did? I didn't fuck with it. Um, I was building myself up to having a fist fight with Perez. Right. Um, because he, there's some other stuff that his character did. Sure, sure. He was a really unlikable character. He did, he was a bad person, basically. Sure, sure, sure. So I was thinking about trying to start a punch up with him. Um, but I was like, okay, if he comes near me, I'm going to fucking just throw a punch at him or something. But we both knew, like, we were digging each other's daggers yeah, and yeah, we yeah. hate each other. So we just kind of avoided each other. Right. Um, so I didn't interact with anything like that. Like, Did, did you see other players no. doing it? No. Okay. It's interesting. No. I think it's interesting to sort of, because uh, obviously we've not, I don't think either of us have really had too much interaction with those kind of things actually in play. Nope. Uh, we've heard about the, the mechanics of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if there's a certain degree of the knowledge of their existence is sometimes... Uh, and there's a maturity, yeah. right? Like you build up a culture. Like um, I think ILARP has this, right? A culture yeah. of player base which is kind of built around these kind of this ethos of what it is to LARP. Yep. And I think a lot of that, that is built into the the session zero slash opening introductionary speech that you have at the beginning of a LARP and, and safety measures and precautions and things like that. I think uh, ILARP is the best in the UK that I've been to with mm. the pre-safety communication. I think yeah. they're absolutely fantastic. They also, um, like we were actually talking about this before the session, we were talking about D&D, like yeah. both of us at DM campaigns and like being a player. Yeah. Um, like we enjoy uh, like giving a bit of a cinematic slant to a lot of our D and D when we're describing stuff. I'd say that's the ILARP way of doing things. Yeah. Um, the kind of like uh, the 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 not only LARP people were a lot more about intense interpersonal relationships. Mm. Okay, like they were they were talking about how to simulate sex. Right. Okay. I can never even imagine that flying in a UK LARP or that becoming a mariah of a fucking event, okay? Mm. Like, consenting adults simulating sex, okay? Like, I would... It, it, like, culture shocked me. I was just like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, and they're like, yeah, it happens. And I'm like, what? Like, I felt... I literally felt like a Victorian British person, you know, from, like, the 1800s, just like... These are such alien, wild concepts to me that I, I couldn't get my head around them. I can, see, I can, I can definitely see. Though, I mean, I think the thing is, we're still very new to this hobby, mm-hmm. right? As well, and we're also very uh, new to the, the 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 realms of experiences that exist and the types of game that are out there. So, uh, so this is this is based on a lot of this stuff. Is the in air quotes the scandinavian model yeah okay now the scandinavian model i hear bandied around all the fucking time okay mm. it's um uh, seems to be a lot more hardcore being given a character is a lot more um uh, prevalent um <coughs> intense role play hardcore role play like you're not um uh you're, you're you're really getting into the the emotions of what you're doing but at, at, like, like take for example at zero, 
there are players who in their player packs have been given relationships with other people who were supposed to be romantic. Yeah. The calibration session, at the start of the session, they yeah. were like, I don't want to role play that. And yeah. they were like, okay, cool. Right? So yeah. there's these... I think I, I think that's the important thing, isn't it? That, that there's ultimately got to be that uh, that consensual nature to obviously everything. Obviously, Obvi- yes, because because people are monsters. Yeah, and I'm talking like men and women here, like and and nerds. Some nerds are fucking monsters, right? Like fuck, there are terrible fucking people out there. Like this isn't an advocate for me to take the fucking safety fucking rails off and yeah. just let like anarchy reign. Like I found it interesting on the fact is that. This is something that people do. People enjoy it. It's got a community. It's got that these people run these events. And that's what I found interesting about it. So, yeah, I mean, I'm still digesting it. The one I have in a couple of months in Prague. Yeah. Good luck. Holy guacamole. I'd say it's the kind of thing I would never do. But uh... People literally showed them on the night out being like, oh, no, this is the LARP I'm going to. And they were like, fucking hell. Yeah. Like, Jesus. And I was like, yeah, man, like... Yeah, good luck. Ain't no joke. Yeah. Um, anyway, oh, no, thank oh, you so oh, much. oh, 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 yes. Let's, uh, yes. We need to thank our patrons. Thank our patrons. So uh, we're now. Um, this is a new era. <laughs> we are no longer going to just ignore our patrons. We are going to show our patrons a modicum of respect that they actually deserve by picking three at random out of our patron list and reading their names out at the end of a uh, event. Okay, like. I think that's fair, I right? suppose they've earned it. They definitely have earned it. <laughs> they've definitely earned so, it. So, um, the names out of the list this time are Violet. Uh, we're friends with Violet anyway. Yeah. Daniel Wilde, who we're friends with. And Mark um, Kugligian? Yes. Yes. Thank you so much. Probably and should. And we're very sorry for... Probably should practice those... Practice the names. ...before reading them out yeah. on the end These of the These are podcast. only the people who support us... Who are literally... They have yeah. to go to work. Yeah. Probably a job they don't like. Yeah. And they take that money and they give some of it to us. And they throw it at us so we can mispronounce their names. Exactly. Amazing. So, sorry, Mark. Um, <laughs> but, like I said, like, um, these... These... Uh, we are... <laughs> I know we seem to live the Jet Safe li- uh, lifestyle... We are not rich people. No. The patron genuinely helps us out. Yeah. Um, so thank you very much to those people that are willing to do it. Um, yeah. How do you want to close out? I don't know. What did, was there like a, a, any kind of saying or any kind of thing on the no. vessel? Did they have, was, was there a memorable line that stayed with you? Um, try not to get thrown out of an airlock. Yeah.